Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. I am happy that you found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. Hopefully, you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, today, friends, we're jumping into an attitude of gratitude, and I know this is not always a place that we immediately start from, but we can make a decision or make a choice to shift into an attitude of gratitude, which is sometimes all we can do. You've heard me say the phrase, all things Jesus. Today's one of those days. So let's jump in. We start with Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, where the Apostle Paul is telling his readers, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Paul was writing to the Philippians, telling them to rejoice. When he was in prison, how priceless is that? What could he have known that we need to learn? My belief is the secret he knew was that our inner attitudes teach us, more importantly, the lessons we need to learn. We don't have to be reflections of our outward circumstances on our insides. So ultimate joy is a grace gift given to us from Jesus. He who lives in us will fulfill his final purposes for us. We hold the ultimate responsibility for our attitudes. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we're told that God works all things together for good to those that are called according to his purpose. And having an attitude of gratitude allows Jesus to move within our lives. It's the lifeline to expressing our faith. Or another way to say this would be that it's an attitude of gratitude is the vehicle for a tangible expression and outpouring of God's grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 puts it this way, With these weapons we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. We, like Paul, are just weak humans, but we don't need to use human plans and methods to win our battles. God's mighty weapons are available to each of us as we fight against the devil's strongholds. And as believers, we get to decide whose methods we will use. Are we going to use God's or the world's? We're assured by Paul that God's mighty weapons, which are prayer, faith, hope, love, the word of God, and more importantly, the Holy Spirit are all powerful and effective weapons. These weapons can break down the proud human arguments against God and the walls that Satan builds to keep people from finding God. 
when dealing with people's proud arguments that keep them from a relationship with Jesus, we may be tempted to use our own methods, but nothing can break down these barriers like God's weapons. Paul uses military terminology to describe this warfare against sin and Satan. God must be the commander in chief. Even our thoughts must be submitted to his control as we live for him. Attitudes reside within our mind. We are constantly under attack in our minds with the enemy's goal of changing our heart posture for all things Jesus. We must stand guard at the door of our hearts, staying steadfast for the kingdom of glory. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 12 verses 35 through 37. A good person produces good words from a good heart. An evil person produces evil words from an evil heart. And I tell you this, that you must give an account on judgment day of every idle word you speak. The words you say now reflect your fate then. Either you will be justified by them or you will be condemned. Jesus is reminding us that what we say reveals what is within our heart. What kinds of words come from our mouth? That's an indication of what is within our heart. We can't solve our heart problem. However, just by cleaning up our speech, we must allow the Holy Spirit to fill us with new attitudes and new motives. Then our speech will be cleansed at its source. The way we allow our minds to think will eventually become who we are. Yesterday, we talked about Solomon's temple and learned we that the evil Babylonians tore it down and the Israelites went into captivity because they were not following God. Now let's look at Ezra chapter 3 verses 10 through 13 who shares with us an account of triumph and joy at the destruction of idol worship and renewed worship in God. Ezra tells us when the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. And the Levites' descendants of Asaph clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. Many of the older priests, Levites, and other leaders remembered the first temple, and they wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. The others, however, were shouting for joy. The joyful shouting and weeping mingled together in a loud commotion that could be heard far in the distance. David had been given clear instructions concerning the use of music in worship services in the temple. Completing the foundation for the temple required great effort on the part of all involved, but no one tried to get praise for himself or for herself for that matter. or for their hard work. Instead, everyone praised God for what had been done. All good gifts come from God, talents, abilities, strength, and leadership. 
We should thank God for what has been done in and through us. The Bible records many songs and musical events, all expressing an attitude of gratitude to God. In the book of Moses, or excuse me, Exodus, we learn of Moses' song of deliverance and praise, which he recorded after God led Israel out of Egypt and saved them by parting the Red Sea. Miriam joined in the singing too. And in Numbers, it records Israel's song of praise to God for giving them water in the wilderness. Deuteronomy shows us Moses' song of Israel's history with thanksgiving and praise as the Hebrews were about to enter the promised land. Judges offers us Deborah and Barak's song of praise, thanking God for Israel's victory over King Jabin's army at Mount Tabor. David offered a song of thanks and praise in 2 Samuel to God for rescuing him from Saul and his other enemies. We also read about Solomon's song of love, celebrating the union of husband and wife in Song of Songs. Did you know the prophet Isaiah has a prophetic song about how the redeemed will sing in the new Jerusalem? We were just reading about Ezra in Israel's song of praise at the completion of the temple's foundation. And then do you remember Mary, Jesus' mother's song of praise to God for the conception of Jesus? This is recorded in the book of Luke. Also found in Luke is Zachariah's song of praise for the birth of his son John. And both Paul and Silas sang hymns in prison as recorded in the book of Acts. The book of Revelation records three songs. The first is the new song, as it's called, which is of the 24 elders, acclaiming Christ is worthy to break the seven seals of God's scroll. Revelations chapter 14, verse 3 is the song of the 144,000 redeemed from the earth. And finally, we end in Revelation chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, with the song of all the redeemed in praise of the Lamb who redeemed them. I hope you can see how praise and worship has been knit within the pages of the Bible and connected to our attitudes of gratitude. Our worship services encompass music and praise of our Lord's majesty, who moves us to keep our eyes upon him. So now returning to the new temple in Ezra, it had been 50 years since its destruction. The temple was being rebuilt, all glory to God. The people were not blessed. As my friend says, they were big blessed. Some of the older people remembered Solomon's temple and they wept because the new temple would not be as glorious as the first one. But the beauty of the building was not nearly as important to God as were the attitudes of the builders and worshipers. God cares more about who we are than what we accomplish. Our world is always changing, and once magnificent accomplishments decay and disappear, we have to seek to serve God wholeheartedly so we don't need to compare our work with anyone else's. So today, 
Let's remember that songs are our faith words put to music. And I just learned this in a worship this morning from my friend SC. They are declarations put to music. God's promises are sure and true. He is eager and excited to move on our behalf. We sing about who God has called us to be. Worship songs bring us to remembrance of who we are. We declare what God has spoken over us. And friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, Jesus made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in God's son, Jesus. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary, extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, take a bold step of courage and openly confess after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin at the cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider growing and joining a good Bible-based church, surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will edify and help build up your faith. Now, let me be the first to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations, and God bless you. Friends, the grace and peace of God love wins will be available most days during the week. When we're not in the middle of a series, we'll have special children's episodes airing on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how music applies to the scripture in our lives, how to be joyful, what love and action looks like, biblical trust, and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on explorations of all things Jesus together. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to hit like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes as they become available. And much of today's information referenced my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins, If you found the content inspiring or compelling, you can pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. More importantly, though, friends, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word 
Until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you. Thank you.